Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When I walked down, had my devotions, and Irv's was there, get on my lap, I started the day with a brand new dose of God's forgiveness and mercy and grace. I do that because I'm a pastor. You guys don't have that privilege. <laughs> you know that's wrong, don't you? See, every Christian gets a brand new start of God's mercy and grace. That's why you can't spend it in the past Living in the past can have a paralyzing effect on your life. It will keep you in fear and will foster worry. It will damage your current relationships and prevent your creating new ones. Most of all, it will stifle God's ability to move positively in your life and pour new blessings on you. Pastor Mark is teaching what the Bible says you must do to stop worrying about your life. You'll learn what the Bible says about worry about what your life is and was intended to be, and how to get from where you are to where God really wants you to be. God wants to bless you and through you be a blessing to those around you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part 3 of his message, Worry About No Thing. We're not designed to be in control of our situation. Now, one of the problems with that is perfectionists really struggle with that. Anybody here kind of a perfectionist? Could I see your hand? I'll raise my hand. I like to be in control. But it doesn't work that way. God designed every person to live dependent on him. You see, some of you... I won't ask you to raise your hand. Some of you are afraid of flying. And the main reason you're afraid of flying is because why? You're not in control. I wonder if that pilot knows what he's doing up there. If I get on this plane, Lord, help it. But let me show you how crazy that is. And I'm not making fun of your fear. But you're afraid of flying, so you won't fly. So you get in your car and drive to California. A billion more people die in car accidents than plane accidents. Do you understand what I just said to you? I've had this happen to me like three or four times because I do a lot of flying every year, about 60,000 miles. I get on a plane and I'm going somewhere and somebody walks down there. Pastor Mark, you're on the plane. Praise God, we're going to be safe on the plane. I'm serious. I usually turn to my wife and say, Hey, if I'm gone today, it's my day. They're going with us, baby. It's over with. It doesn't matter. I'm not the pilot. God's in control. I want you to think this morning. One of the reasons that we worry is because we're prideful. See, being in control is simply pride. 
God, I want to do my deal, not yours. Now, that's a sin in itself. So remember, we were designed to live by faith and trust him in every situation. The third worry problem is this. We worry, we don't trust God because we don't know the future. Can you imagine, here we are, 2011. Some of you are already worried about 2012. You've already got things mapped out. Well, I'm going to do it in February, I'm going to do March and April and June. And some of you have already moved to 2013. And we're not even out of 2011 yet. You see, the future to us is unknown. So we worry about it. But I'm going to tell you this morning, if you're a Christ follower, your future is in the loving hands of God. So why in the world are we worried about it? Notice what Jesus said. He knew our problem. Look what he says in Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow and the future. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see... What Jesus is saying is this, tomorrow will bring more problems. We know that. And more opportunities to worry. But Jesus says worrying about tomorrow is unwise, it's dangerous, it's useless. God is the God of tomorrow, just as he is the God of today. So instead of ruining my day-to-day by worrying about tomorrow, the same God that's going to help me through today will help me through tomorrow. Lamentations Chapter 3 says this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. When I walked down, had my devotions, and Irv's was there, he got on my lap, I started the day with a brand new dose of God's forgiveness and mercy and grace. I do that because I'm a pastor. You guys don't have that privilege. (laughs) You know that's wrong, don't you? See, every Christian gets a brand new start of God's mercy and grace. That's why you can't spend it in the past. All I can do from the past is learn to try not to reproduce it in the future. Tomorrow morning, you will get a new dose of grace and mercy. Do I need it? Mm -hmm. Because trouble is going to face me tomorrow, and I need God's help, otherwise I'm going to worry. Now, so the first solution is to trust. Let me give you the second cure. The second cure is to pray about everything. To pray... About everything. Just write that down. These are two of the five. Now, let me explain something to you. And then we'll read this verse. When you go to the book of Philippians, you don't see anything about trust. Paul says, don't worry, pray. You say, well then, Pastor Mark, why are you giving us more cures? Why would you put trust, faith, in front of prayer? Why don't you just say, make it simple. The disease is worry. The cure is prayer. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Because of this. The reason I put trust and faith first is because if you and I pray with no faith, it's a useless prayer. See, if I just pray, oh, God, help me today. Thank you very much. I'm gone. 
If there's no faith in it, it's a dead prayer. God honors prayer that is mixed with faith. Otherwise, some of you were raised in a church where you just quoted the Bible. Somebody said something, you quoted. Somebody said something, you quoted. They did this, you quoted. The Apostles' Creed, whatever. Good things to say. And we do all that stuff. The words were fantastic, but it was never here. It's a useless prayer. Jesus said the thing. Don't pray with lots of words that have no meaning. So if I don't have faith in the God that I'm praying to, my prayers are useless. That's why trust has to be first. But the second one is, notice, not pray about something. I can handle these things, God. You'll hear more about this. Pray about, what's it say up there? Come on, our campus, what's it? Everything. What, what is everything? Everything. <laughs> everything? Yeah. Here's number three cure. Do your part with God's help. If I'm going to be cured of worry, I have to do my part. Pastor Mark, now wait a minute. You just told me it's God. Well, it is. He's got the cure, but I have to do my part. As I already illustrated this morning, when you get your medicine home and you're to take it every 12 hours, what is your part? Take it every 12 hours. God isn't going to come up and give it to you. The doctor is definitely not coming over to give it to you. You have to take your medicine. So you do a reminder, you do whatever you can do to take your medicine every 12 hours. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. We already read this verse, but I want you to see it because this is going to explain a lot to us very quickly. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. You see, there's a very big difference between concern and worry. There's a huge difference between concern and worry. Now look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, about your body, what you wear. Don't worry about those things. Now notice Jesus doesn't say, take no thought about life. Don't plan your outfit for the day. Don't plan for life. Jesus is saying this, and I'd encourage you to write it right in the side of that verse, in the margin of your Bible. Jesus is saying this, take no anxious thought about those things. You see, the Bible is filled with planning, with thinking, with goal setting. One time, Jesus said, if you're going to build a tower, you've got to sit down and see if you can do it. Do you have enough money? Do you have a plan to do it? So the Bible is filled with planning and thinking and goal setting about the things of life. There's a big difference between valid concern and worry. Now, I want you to write this. There is a place in our life. It's absolutely required for true concern. So please write this down. Don't worry doesn't mean don't care. And it for sure doesn't mean don't be responsible. When Jesus says don't worry, he doesn't say, well, just do whatever you want to do. Don't worry about anything. No, we're to have valid concern. Psalm 37.3, you probably missed it when we read it, but I want you to see what it says. Trust in the Lord. Read with me now what's in yellow. Trust in the Lord. On the count of three, you're going to read it. Trust in the Lord. One, two, three. And, and who's doing the good? Is the Lord the one doing the good? No, no, you're the one doing the good. 
So my first responsibility is to trust, have faith in God, and then what? Do my part. If there's a situation that I'm going to do, then I'm going to have to do my part. I'm going to trust in the Lord that I can wrap gifts, if God's called me to do that, at the flea market. And then what am I going to have to do? Go to the flea market. Well, God, you just transport me there. It doesn't work that way. See, in life, there's some things God will do for us and some things He requires us to do of ourselves. Now, we have to do our part. Let me give you some illustrations. The difference between concern... Valid concern and worry. Here's the first one. Pastor Mark, I'm worried about getting heart disease and high blood pressure. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that a valid concern? Hello? Yeah, sure it's valid. Because we know all the things that can happen from it. I don't want to be worried about So, Pastor Mark, what is the cure for that? I'm worried. What, What is my part? Here it is. Stop worrying and do something about it. Well, Pastor Mark, what should I do? Number one, lose some weight and keep it off. Pastor Mark, can you give me something else to do? (laughs) No. Lose some weight, keep it off. Number two, start regular exercise. Number three, take the salt shaker and move it to the side. Pastor Mark, I don't like those three. Enjoy an early death. No, I'm serious. Did I give you the right cure for that? I did. If you have high blood pressure and you have to take medicine, then you take it. That's okay. You know, I had high cholesterol. So that's after my open heart surgery 12, 14 years ago. I take one little pill. That's all I take. And a vitamin. And a baby aspirin. That's it. But I take it because I have that. Now I watch what I eat. I can't take that pill and take two and have a big fat steak. Or three. If I'm going to have butter on my mashed potatoes. I can still enjoy life. Relax. Now, not too much in our fast food restaurants, but normal eating. Oh, sorry. We'll just move on to something else. (laughs) Here's another one. So, what is God's part? To keep me healthy while I do what? My part. God just healed my body of high blood pressure as I eat this steak and put the salt on. (laughs) We laugh, but we do it and expect God. No, no. No, no, no. You should be worried. Number two, Pastor Mark, and this is common, I worry about my marriage. By the way, that's a valid concern because Satan's after every single one of our marriages. Well, what is the cure for that, Pastor Mark? What is my part? Stop worrying and do something about it. If you're the wife, be that loving spouse that works at your marriage. Do all you can do. If it's a guy and you're worried about your marriage, you be the spiritual head. Well, Pastor Mark, my spouse, forget the spouse. You can only do your part. And remember, while you're doing your part, you have a third person in the marriage. It's God. And he will do his part as we do our part. So I don't need to be worried about it. It is a valid concern. I need to do the right things scripturally about it. Sometimes women are overly suspicious of their husbands. When Adam stayed out very late for a few nights, he became upset. Adam said, what are you worried about? She says, you're running around with other women, aren't you? <laughs> Let it sink in for a moment. And Adam responded, 
Are you kidding me? You're the only woman on the earth. What are you worried about? The quarrel continued till Adam fell asleep. Only be awakened by someone poking him in the chest. And he woke up and he was poking him. He said, Eve, what do you think you're doing? She says, counting your ribs. That's right. I was worried you wouldn't get it, but I guess you, you did. Pastor Mark, I'm worried about my finances. Would you call that a valid concern? Yeah. What do I do about it? Well, stop worrying and do something about it. Do what you can do. Start a budget and keep it. You know, we've made budgets so complicated. Can you understand trillions of dollars of debt and I don't know what those books look like. Lord, help us. See, a budget is not complicated at all. A budget is simply this. Spend less than you make. That's too complicated for me, Pastor Mark. Spend less than you make. We have all kinds of classes to help you with that. One other thing I'll tell you. And I've been doing this since I was a little boy, taught by my parents from the Word of God. One of the ways to solve your financial problem is to give God 10% off the top. Joyfully, willingly. How many of you practiced that most of your life and found it to be true? But here's what many of you have never started. About 3 or 4% of the people in the normal church tithe. And here's what they say. Pastor Mark, I can't make it on 100%. If I give... 10 to God, I definitely can't make it on 90%. Here's what you'll discover. Your 90% will go farther than your 100% did before when you honor God. How does it work? I have no idea. But I've lived my whole life. How many of you lived your whole life trusting God? And he always worked. You say, well, I'm worried about it. Quit worrying. Start tithing. It'll change your life. Well, I'll tithe, but I'm not going to keep a budget. Forget it. You have to do what? Both. Have to do the common sense. Now, while we were getting ready to leave Denver, a program came on the TV. So uh, our uh, two grandkids were there, and Heath is about four years old, and uh, our granddaughter is about seven. And uh, as they were there, um, Heath and Haley were sitting around, and we were watching this program about bald eagles. And they were raising their children. And I watched... And the person evidently was brilliant in bald eagles or whatever. That's kind of one of the things they found. I watched the nest they built. Huge nest, way up in a high tree. And I watched them as they both left and came back with twigs and moss and leaves and all kinds of stuff. And they just kept building, building that nest. And I thought, hmm, who provided the moss and the twigs in the leaves for them. Who? God did. Did they go, Mr. and Mrs. Eagle, now dear God, we need a nest. We pray for it tomorrow morning. In Jesus' name. There's no nest. Who had to go get what God provided? The eagles. You see, God provides, but we have to do our part. Well, then the eggs came. They did their part. Whoo. 
And then they had to sit on the eggs. And they had to watch the eggs as they begin to hatch. And then mom and dad took turns and they went off and got the fish, got the little rodents, got the rabbits, and they brought them back. And as they brought them back, they tore them apart and began to feed the babies. Now, who provided the, the little mouse and the rabbit and the fish? Who provided that? God did. Who fed the children? Mom and dad did. You see, that's what life is. We do what we can do. And God does all the rest. And then we don't have to worry because he takes care of it. I got to give you a little... Oh, caveat. While they were building the nest, this is classic. I never do it. While they were building the nest, I watched Mama come in and she took this twig and put it over in this area and work and be right there and fix it just right. And she flew off to get more. Immediately. <laughs> you already know it's coming, don't you? And, and this is, this, the, the commentator says it always, immediately while she's gone, the, the male takes it and moves it to a different part <laughs> in the nest like it makes any difference but see the man always has to be in control oh, okay okay isn't that classic i said god it's not only humans for crying out loud and my wife went oy vey i have no idea whether the wife came back and tried to put it in the other way or not whatever well here we are at the end of a subject that is dear to all of us. Don't worry. Trust God. Pray to God. Do your part. And you don't have to worry. Start enjoying today instead of worrying about tomorrow. Remember this morning, you're a branch if you're a Christian. You're a branch. Remember what the verse says? Trust in the Lord, do good. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord. He'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. You see how fruitful that is? See, that's where joy is. When I do my part, God will do his part. We're we're combined. See, if I'm not attached to the vine, I can't do life. I can't do life. One day, Jesus made a very strong statement which goes against pretty much everything I said to you today. But you have to understand it was in context. He said to a group of unbelievers, don't worry about a person that can kill your body, but you better worry about a God who can destroy your body and soul in hell. We say, well, Pastor Mark, what kind of a God is that? A God that loves enough to say to unbelievers, if you're not a Christian, you better be worried because you're going to spend, if you don't change that, your sin is going to cause you to be separated from God in a Christless eternity. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the cures the Bible offers to combat worry. The main thing is to remember that there's nothing we can do about either the past or the future. We need to let those things rest with God. You were reminded of the importance of having the proper level of responsibility toward the things in your life. Leaving the things you can't control to God is the path to removing worry. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Well, this completes the teaching, Worry About No Thing. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the message, Pray About Everything. He'll be speaking about the importance of putting all of your concerns and cares into God's hands. As you relinquish control of those things, God's then free to manage them and use them to reform you into the type of person He wants you to be. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.